Okay. All right, ready? I was born ready. Whenever you're ready, Clay. That little echo would go away. Hey, Cressman. (laughs) (laughs) Matt's not here. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Just waiting on Clay. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to kill our cameras? I think we're doing okay right now. It sounds fine right now. Yeah, let's... Yeah, just quit taking me out of the frame since you never invite me to the video chat anymore. Well, there's no reason. There's no chat. Yeah. I guess just get closer. I can't see either of you now. With the, with the Google Doc over top, I can't see the camera anyway. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> what is up? Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like Christian Bale on Terminators. All right. He's a professional, Aaron. <laughs> Give him his space he needs. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. I'll now brown cow. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Story Man Podcast, episode 128. I am Clay Morgan. I'm JR Foresteros. And joining us today from the other side of the booth is Aaron Kretzman. How are you guys doing? Woo-woo! Aaron, welcome good. back to the side of the mic. Yeah, good to have you back. I think the last time you were on live was our big 100th episode celebration. And 101. And 101. What we learned on our journey to the set of Z Nation from Portland to Spokane. Up in the great northwest, that's correct. It was. Also joined today by a longtime friend of mine and fellow podcaster Rick Reynolds. Hello, Woo! it is. Oh, it is a uh, joy to be on the show. Rick is also a Storyman listener, and he gives us a lot of great feedback today. And and uh, how do oh. you know Rick? Clay? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know because he preceded me at my high school alma mater, and he became one of my teachers. Um. One of the teachers that actually taught things that were <laughs> a little bit over my head. Science people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. Um, I was the math and science guy for the high school there at the uh, at the Christian school I was teaching at there. So Rick taught, I mean, like ridiculous things like geometry and chemistry. Ridiculous theorems. Wow. The back of that book was like a minefield. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't happen to teach you anything about grasshoppers, did you? No. That started in... That, that was early. Aaron, we've talked about this. This is why episode 101 and increasingly more numbers exist. <laughs> uh, Rick, uh, I'm sure since, uh, since I've been outed as not the best student, um, <laughs> yeah. who became a teacher in his own right, people. Uh, Rick, what was it like to team math and science besides a joy and a privilege? <laughs> um, yeah, so it was. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was I was there. I felt like I was there at that school to try to bring some more high end mm-hmm. uh, type stuff to their you know mm-hmm. to their offering. Um, I think prior to me, the teacher that was on staff there uh, could take you about as high as maybe algebra two. And, you know, so they really just couldn't offer trig, pre-calculus or anything along those lines. So that was really how I framed myself was I want to be the guy that's yeah. teaching the advanced stuff. And then you were in the class and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, I was in the class. Th- those other things that you mentioned, like trig and not pretend I was even ever in those. Those were OK. Those sure. were study halls for me. Okay. <laughs> I, I, no kidding. I sat in the back, like coloring in books and playing Oregon Trail while he taught. <laughs> he tried to teach. Uh, well, he did teach my friends. Dave and others did very well. But Rick is on today, joining Aaron and company. And we're going to talk about podcasting. We're going to talk about how to podcast um, and some of our favorite podcasts. This has become such a popular medium in the culture. It's really something how. You look at 20th century technology, we've gone from radio to podcasting, and it's just internet radio. We're going to talk about that. But first, as we do with a new guest, Rick, you have to defend your geek credentials. So where do you want to begin? Yeah, that's kind of tough. Um, Let's see. I'm I'm very much into computers. 
Uh, I make a living uh, programming, and um, right now I'm doing. I'm a in a testing position for a company that makes uh, internet encryptors. So uh, basically, you put that device in, at you know one of your locations for your company, and it encrypts traffic. Um, from one side to the other. So I'm testing those devices, testing their features, programming in mainly Python these days. Um, but uh, I've been in high-tech computing my whole career. Um, I'm it's just in, like I'm, old times. I don't even understand a word you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my, my hobbies center around um, retro video games, like really old video game systems. Uh, so I'm definitely a, a bit of a nerd in the Intellivision world. You mean like GameCube and stuff? <laughs> this would be much more early, much earlier than that. What, what, what is it? What is it like? One of those uh, points of irritation is when you say retro computing, and people think what they think Nintendo, right? NES. That's mm-hmm. like the what. All of the systems I have in my basement are pre Nintendo. So that that's that's uh, like that's Atari. impressive. <laughs> like Atari, awesome. right? Yeah, Atari, ColecoVision, uh, Fairchild Channel F, the. Um, uh, Emerson Arcadia, uh, the uh, Odyssey Two. You know, so you know these are the systems I have. Can I ask? Can I ask a question about sure. those? My assumption is that those wear better than like a PlayStation or a Dreamcast or something like that. Is that true? It depends on um, what you're what you're thinking about there. Um, so a lot of times, because they were cartridge based. Uh, just you, you got a 80, 90% chance of any cartridge you pick up still working today. Like that's actually, hmm. you know, pretty solid. Um, where it does get a little flaky is, uh, like, can you still connect that thing to your modern TV? Oh, right. sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but there are solutions for that. Uh, nerds like me know how. <laughs> One day I have a dream of having a room with Atari, just Nintendo. I mean, it's, it's not like climbing the Himalayas. I'm sure I can achieve this, but the would-have would be, how do I connect it to a modern TV? Probably. So we'll have to circle back. And the cartridges might work, but you're just going to have to blow on them real, I know. real hard, right? To get all oh, I've got, I've got the old moves. That's like riding a bike. You never forget how to get a Nintendo cartridge going. <laughs> Nintendo, the NES, actually, was one of those things that has, um, has a common flaw, because those front loaders, you kind of shoved it in and yeah. then pushed it down. And over time, that would wear on the connector, and so you can buy aftermarket um, you know, pin connectors to to replace those. That's kind of a common NES failure. That's uh, if you know how to solder, that's not a hard fix. <laughs> yeah, I had that class too. <laughs> <laughs> they, they finally just sent me into the corner to melt some on cardboard. I think. Um, Rick, I also remember. Uh, did you not have a vintage Michael Jackson Thriller jacket in high school? Yes, I did. Complete with white gloves. I didn't have the gloves now. Sorry. Oh, okay. And it would have only it would have only been one, I'm sure, Just but one. I didn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my revisionist history. Well, we're glad to have you today. So, um, podcast, Jr. What makes this um, topic interesting for you? Well, you know, I was I was a blogger going all the way back to the days of Zanga, uh, and and would blog. You know, in, in the heyday, I was blogging two, three, four times a week. Uh, and and just generating a lot of content way, and uh, recently, I'd say probably in the last year or so, I, I felt really guilty that I wasn't hardly ever blogging. Like I'll still do the occasional movie mm-hmm. review, but just nothing like before. And I realized it's because I've moved almost all of my content generation over to podcast format. You know, I have I think four or five different podcasts now that cover a range of different topics. And it's because I, I prefer conversations uh, to just sort of monologues, which is what a blog post turns into, at least for me. And I think it's it's more fun for me to get instantaneous conversation and feedback, and I just enjoy the, the podcast format more. It has its own limitations that blogging doesn't. Like, it's you know, you can scan a blog quickly and things like that, but... Uh, yeah, for me, I just love podcasting, and it's becoming such a—it's becoming such a huge medium. Just like blogging, it's an easy, mostly free. Uh, Not—it's actually not as free as blogging can be, but it's a—it's a pretty in a, inexpensive way to get your voice out there. And I think uh, I'm surprised by the number of people on a basically weekly basis who ask me, "Hey, how do you start a podcast?" And so. That's kind of why we wanted to do this episode. Say, well, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, here's some basic tips to keep in mind. Yeah, so I've heard you uh, t- coach a number of people through that. I think you've really refined a good way to help people kind of th- 
organize their thoughts, first of all, and then get started. Aaron, clearly you have not only this um, technical expertise, particularly with managing events and audio, but you have watched the story, man, grow and blossom into the butterfly. He has really podcast. nurtured the story, man. <laughs> he has. <laughs> he has. Uh, and, and Rick, clearly you have the technical background, but you've also podcasted. And I think it'll be interesting to hear your perspective as somebody who does a one-man podcast. You've worked with a group and, and you've and you've you've done episodes. So um, there are probably some people who are thinking they might like to give it a try, but they don't envision themselves talking with anybody else. Um, and that's that's not something I've ever done. So uh, we have a little bit of a, a different perspective here from each of the individuals. Um, but maybe at the outset, we should just talk about what you listen to, what you like. So let's start with our uh, newest guest. Rick, what, what do you listen to? What are some podcasts you enjoy? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I guess it's a mix between uh, tech stuff and um, old video gamey stuff and some uh, Bible Christian stuff for me. Some of the tech stuff I listen to is on the... Um, uh, Twit Network, This Week in Tech. Okay. Is a, uh, yeah, so there's a, he does a few shows. One of the real good ones on there that I listen to all the time is um, uh, Security Now. It's all about internet security, uh, which impacts my job, of course, you can imagine. Um, I do listen to uh, R.C. Sproul's Renewing Your Mind, um, and I do listen to a few of JR's podcasts. <laughs> it's it's scary that you can say a few of JR's podcasts. He has, <laughs> he has a variety. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the uh, trip through Exodus in Bible Bites. Um, and, and JR, I went and looked up your uh, teaching series you did on uh, Revelation. Was it in 2012? Yeah, I so think I'm, so, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, so I'm, I'm listening through that just because uh, that's... You have a uh, you and I've chatted an email a little bit. Uh, you have a uh, different perspective on scripture than the one I was brought up with, and so I find that very interesting. And I thought, boy, I bet that'll show up in Revelation. And treat that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's that's even interesting, right? Because I have several I have several podcasts that are not ongoing. They were just classes that I taught at one yeah. point, and I just sort of basically stuck a mic in the room while class was going on and recorded those. So they're not, you know, if I were going to do them again. At specifically for podcast format, I think they'd look and sound, or they'd sound mm -hmm. very different. Um, but mm -hmm. I, you know, they get the job done. I think mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's interesting that those are different formats. Uh, you know, even there. Yeah, and we'll we'll give uh, shouts out to our very favorite podcast later at the end of the show. But just okay. so so that's a little bit of an idea there about um, length, kind of the topics. So you use some of it, Rick, for. Uh, just personal development, spiritual development, some of it for professional development, and some of it just for in interest. Uh, you, you kind of yeah, hobby type. You'll stuff. turn you'll turn any to anything uh, to a podcast for any reason. Aaron, how about you? Um, I think in general for me, I'm kind of one of those um, jack of all trades, master of none. And for me, I found podcasts do a great job of kind of stuff that I wouldn't really normally seek out. Um, cause like the things that I want to seek out, I'm going to find ways to, I'm going to watch all the playoff basketball games. I'm going to go and search uh, music sites and kind of find out about new music, new bands and stuff. But when I'm, when I'm podcasting, I'm listening to things that I wouldn't normally seek out. Um, and so a couple of my favorites, um, we'll go into more depth, but like even just snap judgment. Um, there's another one, um, called beautiful anonymous, and they're just kind of be basically just people telling stories um, and just kind of hearing and seeing things through other people's eyes um, and just kind of getting a different perspective on the world and just hearing um, how other people kind of react. And so I think that's kind of um, sums up the most of the podcasts that I listen to, just kind of a different perspective, something um, new and exciting mm -hmm. that I can engage with. Yeah, what about you, Clay? Uh Well, I find myself... In, in a wave currently where I'm listening to a lot of Audible, a lot of audiobooks, and I've just been on, after after a year of not finding a whole lot of books that really excited me, I just keep finding these great books, and I'm spending a lot of my listening time just exclusively in books so much that my podcast listening falls aside. So um, I, I do try to find shorter format shows. Um, most podcasts, I think, are 30 minutes at least. You know, you have shown with Bible Bites, which is designed to be that 15-minute burst. I, I'm sure there's tons of short, you know, wisdom in a minute kind of things. Um, but I, I like the pop culture 
shows, I, I tend to go for something, especially if it has good humor chemistry among the hosts. Um, but but honestly, I just I have shows that I like, and I just don't even listen to them um, when I'm really on a book tear because you got to have time, you know. So I don't know if if you have a commute. Do you guys listen in your car? Do you listen in the shower? You know, different people have different places even where they listen. When I got into serial podcast, man, I cleaned the house for like four hours one night. I was like, I might as well just go crazy cleaning because I'm not going to stop listening to this. It's like I was all in. So that's kind yeah. of um, the general kind of things that I listen to. It's a lot of entertainment for me, not so much professional development. I kind of do both. You know, I originally got into podcasts through sermons. I think Christian's really got in early on the podcast wave and they found it was a, it was an easy way to migrate the old sermon on tape or sermon on CD onto the, and so I, I was listening to some of my favorite pastors from around the country every week on mm-hmm. sermon podcasts. And I still, do, I still have a couple that I listen to pretty regularly, but now it's, it's general interest. I do a lot of my pop culture, uh, you know, I have a game of Thrones podcast. I have a movie review podcast. I have, uh, a horror film podcast that I love. That's like very, very academic. Uh, so there's just different that, uh, some storytelling podcasts that are really creative and experimental. Uh, some things like that. Serials, obviously one of those that I'm on the train. So yeah, I mean, it's for me when I'm looking for a podcast, I mainly want it to be interesting. Uh, there are, there are podcasts that the material has been really interesting to me at the outset, but the hosts kind of make it boring that I just kind of gave up on. Um, one of those for me, actually the Nerdist podcast, they have amazing guests and the main host, Chris Hardwick is amazing, but his two co-hosts are the biggest jackholes in the world. <laughs> and their guests will be, their guests will be making this really interesting point, And then they just tell jokes over the point. And I'm mm-hmm. like, shut up. Like <laughs> I'm trying to hear this interesting guest. Like, I don't care what your mm-hmm. students are. Mm-hmm. And so I actually quit listening to that podcast because the hosts irritated me so badly. <laughs> Um, and I always like, I always see they have a new guest on and I'm like, Oh, I would love to listen to that. And I'm like, yeah, but it's going to be stupid. Cause it's those guys. <laughs> I listened to a movie podcast and that one of the things they would do is in the middle of reviewing modern movies, they would jump back and, and talk about a famous movie from the past. And I listened to back to the future matrix and like all three of them had mostly negative things to say about both movies. Wow. And I was just like, well, I don't understand you as people anymore. So I'm never coming back. <laughs> So that, yeah, that's, that's, that does that's happen. what it is, right? Like for me, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, like the most, I think the, I think the most important thing, even more than if you have a really great idea is that you have to make sure that who, like, however you're dealing with the hosts, like that has to be mm-hmm. on point because literally that is the vehicle for your information. You know, it's the vehicle for your idea. And I, I think part of this, part of the reason that whatever success the storyman has had is there is because of the chemistry that we all have with each Who other. Who wouldn't want to hang out with us? <laughs> all these other podcasts People living in personality seen. poverty. I think too, like it's, it's essentially like listening to a podcast. You want to feel like you're in the room with those people like hanging out. And so if you're at a party or like you're at a gathering of some sort and you're in a conversation you don't like, you're going to get up and you're going to walk away. And so if you're doing a podcast and you don't want to be listening to those people, you're, it's so much yeah. easier just to push pause and never listen to that podcast again. And so it's just like having mm-hmm. a conversation with people, you want to engage with them. And like you said, that's, that's the reason I got involved with the story, man. Like just hearing you guys banter and go back and forth. That's, I wanted to be sitting in the living room, hanging out with you guys. Because so. we have more chemistry than one of Rick's science classes. Hey, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, for the folks that are listening that are thinking, I can't believe my good fortune that all of these professionals are talking about the very thing I'm considering doing. Okay, all these professionals in clay. Um, uh, Let's talk about some of the things, not only that we enjoy, but what we found um, is helpful, is useful, makes a good podcast, or what are some of the decisions that that have to be made? Uh, Is that kind of how you want to frame this, JR? Like, what, for example... Chemistry yeah. means there's multiple hosts. Should you have multiple hosts? Yeah, when I actually wanted to ask your your podcast is like a one person podcast. Like, what went into that decision for you? Yeah, so uh, the one show I do that is uh, kind of a one show, one person show is uh, I'm reviewing old uh, holiday specials. 
<laughs> those <laughs> those Rankin Bass and cartoons and stuff like that. And it just seemed like so. Well, look, for like for example, like a famous one would be the Peanuts Christmas special or the Great Pumpkin, right? Charlie Brown Christmas, Great Pumpkin. Yep, real famous ones, and then all the obscurity that you can <laughs> exactly <There's>, unearth. <laughs> there is a lot that you could find. It turns it's out it's awesome. Uh, uh, the Devil and Daniel Mouse. Have you seen that one? That's <laughs> <laughs> what holiday does that commemorate? That's a it's a Halloween. You know, it's, nice. uh, it's really fun. But anyway. Um, so that one really, I, I, I put that one together just because it interested me so much. And I literally didn't know anybody else who would want to talk about that with me in kind of a critical <laughs> way, you know? Um, and it's, it, it turned into like my kids started seeing me doing this and uh, they like to watch the, you know, specials. They like to watch the cartoons and whatnot with me. So uh, there's actually been a couple episodes where I've had them on as guests uh, just to hear the, let's get the seven-year-old perspective on this mm -hmm. thing, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> Which has been kind of fun. Um, but really it came down to, uh, I felt like I had um, such good memories of these things. And the question I wanted to ask was, do they hold up? Are they still fun to watch today as an adult and get that kind of perspective? And I just felt like I had a little more freedom by doing that on my own. I could schedule it when I want to. Um, I just take my notes, write down what I want to say and go over in a corner and record it. And it's done. I don't have to worry about, has someone else seen it yet? You know, all, all the, um, scheduling and uh, logistics that go into having multiple people on a show. I do multiple people shows too, but that's the one I do by myself. And that's kind of what went into it, I think. Yeah, you know, for for me, I think all of all of my podcasts are multiple hosts. And part of the reason is that I, I really just personally don't want to carry a show by myself. Uh, I, I do miss the freedom of being able to kind of do it when I want. But uh, for me, I, I crave that back and forth interaction. You want me again, to carry the show. That's for right. You. I want Clay to carry the show. Um, and that's, again, that's, that's really why I moved away from blogging. Like I wanted to get in, I, this is why you I got into more clay in your, more clay. Your that's always like my hashtag more clay. Um, and so, uh, you know, for me, it was, it was really a lot about trying to find the right people that I have good chemistry with that also love these things. But like, for instance, on the horror movie podcast, one of my co-hosts uh, is Mo, and he hates horror movies, but he really wanted to be on a podcast, and it, it creates a fun dynamic. Clay and I are all the time saying, that will make good radio. Yeah. You know? Yep. And what, what we mean by that is exactly that, right? Like, this will be fun. People will want to listen to this. And listening to a horror podcast where one-fourth of the hosts absolutely hate horror movies is well, hilarious. He, he's like, like Shaggy and Scooby all exactly. up into one. Yeah, so so it's it's about just being creative, I think, and figuring out, like, you know, it, do I want to do this on my own? Do I want to do it as a solo person and bring in guests all the time? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Megan Teets, who's been on the show before, she did the uh, Ghost of a Watchman Extra with me. Uh, Horde of Awesome podcast is her, and then she has three co-hosts who rotate, um, like, each week so that mm -hmm. none of them could do a weekly commitment, but they're all regular mm -hmm. on the show. And, then, of course, they have guests in all the time, too. So uh, she figured out a way to make it work where she's like the anchor but then she's she has like a regular cast of friends that are always on the show with her uh, mm -hmm. and it works really well for her format so we're going to talk more about guests in a minute uh because that's also something you would want to consider right like rick said i like the one man podcast but hey i can even bring on my kids that's super fun um so figuring out what you want to talk about and how you want to talk about it and who you want to talk about it with is a big part of the equation but as we learned in those oh-so-painful first 10 episodes with my Walmart headset and, I don't know, whatever else just wasn't working out for us as we three tried to begin a podcast from three uh, remote locations, equipment matters. And I uh, will gracefully bow out here. I, I know that there's a microphone called the Snowball and a microphone we're now using called the and, uh, and that's quite nice. But why don't you guys talk a little bit about what what kind of equipment do you need to invest in? Like, what is the startup cost or what's what works, what doesn't? Well, so let me tell you, when we started Storyman, it was, and I'm, many of you probably heard this on former episodes if you're a regular listener, but um, we we just all liked talking together. And that was why we started the podcast. None of us knew anything about audio. None of us knew anything about making things sound good. So I did like an internet search. And I was like, audio editing software and found Audacity, which is free. And that's great. Free is like right in my price range, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but we were using our computer, my built-in microphones. We were using like, you know, small headphones, like cell phone headphones and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, apparently our audio quality was... Not great because it was. Well, did we decide, Aaron? Was it twenty episodes in? 
Um, I think I uh, messaged you guys after the 18th episode. Okay. So, yeah, Aaron Aaron messaged us, and he was like, guys, I love your content, but it sounds like garbage. Yeah. Uh, so, Aaron, tell us a little bit, because you're a professional sound guy. Like, that's mm-hmm. like that's your sweet spot. Yeah. Like, what did you hear, and what did, like, like, walk us through what it was like from your perspective as someone listening. Um, so I remember um, I got into it summer of 2013, and I was in Colorado, and then I road trip back to California. And so that's a that's about a 24-hour drive. Um, and so you obviously have to take shifts at that point. And so I took the first shift, um, and so I was listening to um, a couple of the podcasts, and it kind of got me through the night um, while my partner was sleeping in the passenger seat. And then we switched. And so obviously he wanted to listen to the same exact episodes that I listened to. And I remember I was trying to sleep and then all of a sudden the guests would be talking and then all of a sudden JR's laugh. And so (laughs) just for me, like I just kept waking up like every 10 minutes. I was like, (laughs) I loved listening to it when I was listening to it, but when I'm trying to fall asleep or like whatever, it just, so obviously you don't want people to fall asleep during your podcast. So exactly. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we nailed um, it. you, <laughs> there you go. If that's what you're going for, then go for it. <laughs> but, um, but in, like in general, you want your podcast to kind of all be the same level. You kind of, um, cause people are going to be having it in their ears. And so if all of a sudden there's just huge bursts of, um, loud noises, mm. then they're not going to, at least people like me, um, are not going to want to listen to it because they want, a clean sounding show mm-hmm. that um, they know is not going to hurt their ears. After well, even, all. even for me, like playing back some of those first episodes when it was so like, you know, tinny in addition to the big burst of scratchy, fuzzy loudness, then there would be this distant tinny hollowness. Um, I didn't have to worry about these things. When I first podcasted, it was actually with Knox McCoy who anchored a uh, weekly walking dead podcast. We just called the weekly dead. Uh, we beat Chris Hardwick and, and, the gang to the punch, I guess. But I just used my setup and sent it over. Rick, when you got started, um, you already had this computer technical background. Um, were you kind of anchoring the equipment side of it? Were all of you guys in it together? Or did you find some struggles along the way? Uh, so my first podcast that I got involved in was uh, the Intellivisionaries, which is a, a podcast about the Intellivision gaming platform. And I was approached by another guy to be part of that. And he is a sound professional. <laughs> so, okay. so I didn't have to worry so much about uh, the, the sound um, mixing and putting it together. And he does all the editing and post-processing for that show and that kind of stuff. But um, I did have a decent microphone just because I think I had some idea that I might want to do some fun recording at some point in my life. And uh, had bought myself a, um, a Blue Yeti. Uh, just because I'd heard podcasters talking about that one as being a really good bang for buck kind of uh, intro microphone. Uh, so when I started in on that, I had that. And I think after the first episode, he said, uh, dude, get yourself a pop filter. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then uh, and then after that, uh, it, it served me pretty well for the next, uh, I don't know, next couple of years using the Yeti. Uh, in, in one or two sentences, what's a pop filter for people listening? Uh, so it's just kind of screen that you put in front of the microphone that won't block sound, but it will hopefully block wind, like the uh, explosion of sound that you get from a P or a T, the popping sounds in speech. Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah, so, are you so, still on the Blue Yeti? I'm using the Blue Yeti uh, right now uh, for this kind of setup. Uh, I have actually moved on. I've gotten myself a... Uh, a USB interface, it's called, that allows you to plug in multiple microphones. So I can use standard dynamic XLR microphones now uh, for my podcasting, and I can have uh, up to four microphones plugged in, and I get separate audio tracks from all four of those into my uh, uh, digital audio recording uh, software package. So, And those are what makes your voice sound so awesome, or is it just naturally that deep radio <laughs> Oh, this is, this is all natural Rick. <laughs> this, is, this is all Rick. <laughs> So that's something to think about. If you're starting out a podcast, if you're anything like we were and are, you're probably on a budget. And so for us, the the best compromise with a microphone setup was what's called a blue snowball. And we'll put links to all these in the show notes at storyman.us. But it's about a $60 microphone. It's USB. Mm-hmm. You can plug it right into your laptop, desktop, or whatever and record. And it sounds pretty great. Like it's, mm-hmm. we it's, still use it when we travel. Um, I know I've taken it recently on a couple trips, and uh, we used it for a couple episodes ago twice. I yeah. only Maynard episode. I was on the Blue Snowball again, so uh, yeah, it holds up great. 
And then uh, the next step up from that, it's kind of maybe like a half step up, is this blue Yeti been talking about, and it's going to be anywhere from like a hundred to one hundred and twenty bucks. Uh, but and that's about probably the top of the line if you're looking at just like a USB mm-hmm. microphone. And then you could jump to the interface that Rick was talking about. And uh, Rick, what's what's that investment? Uh, yeah, you get a little more at that point. Um, I probably paid about two fifty mm-hmm. for the. Um, uh, USB interface, and then uh, for a decent XLR, you know, dynamic microphone, you're probably going to be in for another hundred or two hundred, depending on what you can get. Real expensive ones too, but just getting something that'll get the job done. Um, yeah, that that was probably a four four fifty uh, in terms of an upgrade there. The other big thing to think about is headphones. Uh, and again, we got by with like in ear kind of iPod. Just earbuds. Yeah, earbuds for a long time. But uh, when we decided we wanted to upgrade, uh, it was when Clay was moving down here to Dallas and we knew we were going to be living together and podcasting. Well, and Amanda was going to be joining you on a regular podcast as well. Correct, on the horror podcast, Don't Split Up. Uh, we decided we wanted to go ahead and upgrade the headphones. And so I did a bunch of research, and I pulled about 10 different good options if you want great podcasting headphones. But what I personally went with, and I'm not getting any kickback for this, I'm just telling you what we use, unless Sony would like to give me kickbacks, in which case I'm very happy to receive them. Um, yeah. Sony, we love you. Love uh, I use the... So- that's right. <laughs> Email JR. Uh, they're the Sony MBR seventy five oh six. They're big over ear microphone or microphones headphones, and uh, I'll tell you why I feel pretty good about them. One, they sound great. I actually use them all the time now, not just when I'm podcasting. But when we went up to do our loop group work on Z Nation, uh, more about that in episode 100, <laughs> uh, we walked into the loop group studio where you actually put on headphones and, and microphone and the exact same headphones that North by Northwest, the production studio uses. And I felt pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, um, if it's good enough for Z Nation, it's good enough for the store. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so, so I, I have I, a pair in my studio. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're really great headphones. Uh, we haven't had any problems with them. They they prevent the sound leak and all that kind of stuff. So uh, again, we'll put links to all these microphones and equipment and stuff in the show notes at storyman.us. But what we did was basically just googled best podcast microphone, best headphone, uh, podcasting headphones, all that kind of stuff. I spent you know probably half a day just researching all this equipment and figured out what fit in my budget. And then you know as we went on, as we figured out, yeah, you know, Storyman's more than just a hobby. Like it's something we actually want to do. Expanded other podcasts. I was like, okay, like I feel good about investing in more equipment. And and it felt like it was something that fit into our budget and fit into our you know our passions and stuff. And so I would encourage you to start small because you can create a pretty good sounding podcast with pretty decent like with pretty low cost equipment. It doesn't you don't have to invest a thousand dollars or probably two hundred dollars to get started and have a good sounding podcast mm-hmm. and then if it clicks if you like it if it's something that you can do you can always upgrade um you know down the road a little bit so uh the other thing we need to talk about is how we record uh before we get into like the guests and the post-production and all of that kind of stuff um so we Typically, because we, uh, you know, Matt's in Portland. When we started out, Clay was in uh, Pittsburgh and I was in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, We used Google Hangout. And you can record live on Google Hangout. You can do an on-air Hangout, and it dumps your finished file right into YouTube. You can download it, strip out the audio with the free program, and you're good to go. Uh, Our friends at Real World Theology, Mike, those guys, they use Skype, and there's a $30 program called uh, Record Skype Audio Calls, and it actually pulls tracks down. Today, brand new software, brand new to me. Apparently, Rick's known about it for ages, whatever, um, <laughs> called Zencaster. And Zencaster records all of your audio. Like, I invited everyone in with links. And then when we're done with the episode, it will dump three separate audio tracks because Clay and I are here, and then Aaron's here, and then Rick's here. So, three separate locations. It'll dump all the individual audio tracks into Dropbox. And, Aaron, why is that good for you? Um, <laughs> all the reasons. Um, but there's, there's been multiple times when, um, the first few episodes that I did, I would just get one audio track and I'm pretty sure the first six months that I was recording, I kept texting JR and was like, Hey, can you split up the audio tracks in any way? And he said, no. And then the next <laughs> week would come back and I would say, Hey, can you split up the audio tracks in any way? And he said, no. <laughs> and so for the first couple, I would actually split them up myself. And so I would take, um, whatever, whenever Clay said something, I'll put that in a separate track. And then whenever someone else would say something, I put that in the third track. Cause, um, 
I am a geek about that stuff, and so I'd set my own EQs for each of the voices um, just to make them sound a little bit more natural <laughs> and not sounding like they came through a Google Hangout or Skype audio. Um, and so each, each voice kind of has its own um, feel for it, and you kind of want to EQ and you want to put a compressor and all that, and we can talk about that in post-production, but <clears throat> the, the more split up you have everything, the more you can do to each vocal and make it sound more natural with each other. Yeah. And I remember at the time Matt was having school with uh garage band, but it was more related to like his computer and space on his computer and these audio files, they are hogs. Mm-hmm. They def, they definitely will, will, t- will eat up some space in a hurry. And then JR and I started using audacity from our three separate locations that you can get good free software. If you're a Mac user, it's garage band. If you're a windows user, check out audacity. And again, it's free can do pretty much most of the post-production editing kind of stuff you need to do in either of those programs right Aaron mm-hmm. yeah I've when I've uh, been on the road and I haven't had my setup with me or forgotten something at home I I've personally used audacity to mix you guys' show uh, Rick what are you using are you still on Zencaster uh, no, um, we've only used Zencaster a couple of times uh, for a different show that I haven't mentioned. Uh, but uh, we use for the Intellivisionaries, we use a Skype and with a with a recording uh, recorder on that. Uh, the guy, uh, the you know, he, that's the one that has the professional <laughs> um, uh, sound guy. He actually has a separate PC he uses um, for the sound mix. Like he has one dedicated just to. Uh, Skype and keeping that pipe wide and open and he pipes his sound from that to the second PC to do the recording. Uh, so that's how he does it. Um, when I'm doing solo stuff myself where the internet's not involved, uh, I was using audacity for quite a while. Uh, I don't know if there's issues with the Mac platform and audacity, if I was just bit by something, but I had lots of, uh, cases where audacity would uh, lose stuff. And it's definitely great for quick things, but I was I was doing lots of edits and post processing, dropping stuff in, and all kinds of stuff like that. So it was getting pretty complicated, and Audacity would would give me trouble. Uh, so one day I eventually rage quit Audacity, and <laughs> and, uh, and I moved over. I could have used GarageBand, um, but uh, at that point I was like I said I was in a I was in a state, and, and I uh, I, pl- I plunked down the I plunked down the money. I said I'm going to do this right, and I plunked down the money for Logic Pro X. Uh, on the Mac, okay. and so that's the one I use now. So I was going to say, I wonder if it is proprietary in that, I mean, you guys are users of Crapple. If they just didn't want anybody using Audacity because they're trying to force everybody in the garage band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't know. I, I, I definitely, if you're just, um, if you don't have to do a lot of uh, chopping up of the audio and dropping in um, external sound sources and stuff like that, I've had, mm-hmm. you know, when it's simple, Audacity's been great for me. Uh, I, I just, uh, like I said, one day just had enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have recently upgraded to Adobe Adobe, which is again just like a paid version of Audacity, mm-hmm. and it's again it just works a little bit better. It's it's not anything um, massive, but it was just kind of a way for us to step up to the next level. I, I, I feel like you could really appreciate the phrase "quit." Yeah, I can oh, yeah. see. I can see. Uh, <laughs> I can see Rick being your spirit animal on that one. Yeah, very much so. I've rage quit several things. Um, so, so let's talk about guests. Uh, you know, one of the one of the real joys I think of a lot of podcasts is when you get to bring on someone that you enjoy talking to. Like we're bringing on Rick today. Um, Aaron's been on several times, but you know we have authors on all the time. Uh, it's really fun on the horror podcast. I've mentioned a couple times. Don't split up. We actually got to interview a director, writer, and two stars of an indie horror movie, and it was just like so cool to get to talk to them and hear about this film that they made that we loved. Uh, and so I have found, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I found that booking guests was surprisingly easy for podcasts. Um, obviously not like your top, top tier, like Stephen King saw turned turn to mm-hmm. new my phone calls yet. Mr. King, big fans love Debbie on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> there are a ton of people that really don't mind giving you 30 minutes to talk about them. You know, and uh, reaching out to comic writers for us, authors, uh, again, even people who like make movies and stuff. You'd be surprised how many people are super open to giving you 30 minutes of their time. And yeah, if, if they're they, thinking you're going to exhaust your network real quick or you don't have a network, um, that doesn't 
stop things. Yeah, use Twitter. Uh, you'd be surprised how many people make themselves really available through the, through blogs, through websites. Through they make their email addresses easy to find. You can get them on Facebook. Uh, it's surprising how many channels there are to connect with people. Especially if you want to interview authors, most authors have to work really hard to move their own plat their own books. And so if you give them an opportunity to come on and talk about their book, uh, most of them will. You know, it's it's pretty cool. Clay absolutely will. If you want him to come on and talk about Undead, uh, just let him know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. <laughs> Rick, do you guys, uh, how many, like, how often do you deal with guests that are not your children? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so on the, uh, on the Intellivisionaries, we, one of the things we do is we reach out to and interview the uh, programmer of the game that we're reviewing. Uh, for that episode. And so uh, it's been amazing how many of these people are shocked that anybody wants to talk about <laughs> their game that they programmed in like 1981, you know, and uh, it's been real fun to get them on um, and, and how, and just ask them questions. And um, some of them really remember interesting details about, you know, the game development process and, and all that stuff. It's uh, we, we actually had, you know, somebody listen to the show and told us that, you know, they're, Patting us on the back, basically, for doing that, that getting this kind of information before, quite frankly, a lot of these guys die. You know, they, you know, they were they were professional programmers in 1981 in their 30s and 40s. and They're getting up there. And uh, so that's been a real joy uh, for that show. Hey, yeah. si- sidebar, you surely you've read Ready Player One, right? I have indeed. OK, so that had to be kind of extra fun for you, knowing all those little like, oh, yeah, every little reference in the book. Yeah, there's a lot of references to the book, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, our friend Jonathan Sprank has a, a podcast called The Pop Culture Campfire, where they just try to do background information on different pop culture stuff. So they're doing a series on Civil War right now because that movie gets ready to drop. Uh, and then, for, so when Pixels came out last summer, even though that movie was terrible, uh, they actually reached, they reached out to the guy who has the world record in Donkey Kong. And that he was like, yeah, I'd love to come on your podcast. So they just, they talked to that guy about yeah. like, how did you decide wow. you are going to get the record in Donkey Kong? You know, you, you don't happen to remember who, do you? It's not <laughs> Billy it's, from King of Kong. It's not Billy Mitchell. It's not Billy, it's not Billy Mitchell. Mitchell. No, it's the other uh, guy named maybe Hank Chen. Yes, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That's exactly okay, that's there you go. So he lost it for a while, and then I think he won it back from Billy. Yeah, yeah. That that record is one that a lot of people are pursuing. It, it kind of changes hands. Uh, which, by the way, if you haven't seen the documentary King of Kong, you absolutely should pause the episode and go watch it. We'll wait. Uh, it's yeah, amazing. It's, it's pretty cool. And and all of that to say, <clears throat> you know, like Rick mentioned, you might have some folks who are retired and would love to talk about their their work thirty years ago. Um, you can have a really good conversation with somebody who is an acquaintance, a friend, a parent. Like it's it's more important, I think, to find people who are engaging in some way. Now, if they're famous enough, or if they participated in something famous enough, it's not going to matter. But you kind of come to recognize like what makes a good guest and what doesn't. And and that's just about we call it chemistry, but it's it's really about somebody who just understands how to paint a picture visually, for, you know, through the microphone. The other thing we tell guests all the time, and I believe this is true from the very bottom of my heart, is that it is the interviewer's job to make the guests look good. Uh, if you have a bad interview, ninety nine percent of the time it is your fault um, yeah. as the as the host. And so if you don't know how to interview. Uh, I would listen. I would just listen. I would. I would watch Larry King, who is an incredible interviewer. Mm-hmm. Barbara Walters is a very good interviewer. And then there's tons of podcasts out there that just do a really good job bringing on guests and making the guests sound interesting. Well, probably if you're going to start a podcast, you feel like you're competent talking or talking with a microphone, and that means you've probably enjoyed listening to a lot of people talk. So it's just like any other craft. Who do you love listening to interview? Well, what is it about them? You know, emulate and then figure out your own style along the way. Now, one of the big challenges of recruiting guests is that you cannot, unless you are super wealthy, in which case we need you to sponsor us, (laughs) uh, storyman.us, you can't send your guests a complete audio setup. You sort of are at the mercy of whatever audio that they have available. Nor can you fly them in. Correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah, right? Like, if (laughs) if the best, best, best case scenario is everyone's sitting around one microphone. Our episode just a couple of weeks ago with Tex Thompson, we were able to have the three of us sitting in a room around the same microphone, and Aaron praised us for how good our audio sounded on that episode. (laughs) I I I didn't hear that praise. I didn't pass it on to you? No. 
That was the that was because it was the circle <laughs> microphone, not the butt <laughs> Okay, uh, so that's the comment you say for me. Jr. gets the praise, <laughs> and Clay gets the you're special. Uh, no, so yeah, if, if you don't have the resources, which again we're assuming if you're starting a podcast and listening to Stormin, that's probably you're probably in the same boat as us. Uh, you're kind of at the mercy of your guests, and you want to do everything you can to help them sound good. So make sure they know to have headphones. This, this, you know, you should have like a form email that you send out to your guests. It's sort of like, Hey, thanks for being on. Here's what to expect. Here's, you know, we're going to use Skype or Google hangout. Here's how you connect with us there. Uh, Mm -hmm. please make sure you have a microphone, uh, if at all possible. And please make sure that you have some headphones ready to go. Uh, do everything you can to make sure. Now, again, you can't control if your guests read the email or come prepared. Like you can't control any of that, but you can at least give them all of the information. And they're uh, still going to have to 90% of the time install that Google plugin. Yeah. I think Google's <laughs> moving away from that finally. Good. So, yeah. Uh, Rick, what do, you, do you guys do anything for the guests that you have on? Like, what, what is your, what is, how do you deal with that? So uh, most of the time we do send them, uh, I don't think we've got it quite down to a form letter yet, but <laughs> we do send them some kind of a, a thing saying, yeah, we're going to do it this way. We usually use Skype if that's at all possible. Um, and then uh, talk to them that way. We, you know, we do ask if you have a microphone or even, even a gaming headset is better than the um, default internal microphone on the laptop, right? So, so sometimes that'll be, a, that'll be the thing. Um, uh, we have had a couple of uh, interviews where the guy, uh, the person we were interviewing, literally couldn't like was like in a, in the in the woods in a hole somewhere like you literally couldn't connect with Skype with any kind of bandwidth at all and we had to use regular telephone and um the, again my uh, professional buddy he um he he pay, I think it's a $30 plug in for Skype or something there's something you can add to Skype that allows it to talk to landlines and we ended up having to do that and the audio wasn't great quite honestly uh but it was just one of those things where we really wanted to talk to that guy and he was kind enough to at least even talk on the phone <laughs> so that happens sometimes and, and, you know, sometimes that means you record a tag at the beginning of your episode and you say, hey, yep. everyone, we're really excited for this interview. Uh, it sounds a little rough because here's why, but you know what? The content's worth it. Thanks for listening. Yep, Enjoy. That's exactly how we like, did it. And then, yep. So, uh, Aaron, can you give us a few tips about pro- post-production? If people are at a place where they're editing their own um, their own stuff, we kind of got to start moving towards wrapping up. But, what you know, what are, what, what are some, like, two or three basic tips for people that are editing to watch out for? Um, yeah, I think first off, you want to EQ it, um, all the vocals. And so there, there's going to be a plugin that says EQ, and you just kind of wiggle the lines around until it sounds good if you don't know what you're doing. Um, but basically, you're going to want to cut everything under 100 hertz. Um, that's just all the low rumble. People's voices don't really go down there. Um, Maybe Rick's my, I don't know. He's, he's got a great sound of voice. Um, well, thank you so much. <laughs> um, and then another thing you're going to do is you just want to want to compress it a little bit um, just to make sure, again, that's like when I was listening to the Storyman early on, um, when JR's laugh would happen to be so loud, the compressor basically just brings down the loud parts, brings up the quiet parts, kind of normalizes your audio um, throughout the entire track. Um, you have been normalized. <laughs> so it just makes it so it, it's it's just kind of a pleasant volume to listen to. Um, it makes everything kind of all the same level. Um, if you basically, instead of bringing up certain parts manually, it just kind of does it all for you all at once. Um, and then if you want to throw in a theme song or things like that, then um, basically I just kind of search what I've been doing with the story man is just kind of finding something in mm-hmm. pop culture or something that they're talking about on the episode and just kind of find a song and we throw it in as the theme song and we use the old story man theme song as the outro. And then, um, so you just kind of find some things like that, pop them in and, um, shift things around. And so, uh, the first couple episodes are always going to be the toughest, but once you get going, um, for the most part, with the Storyman now, I'm just kind of plugging them into. I use Pro Tools because I'm a studio guy. Um, I wouldn't recommend it for people starting up because it does way more than you would ever need. Um, but I just kind of throw the things in there into a template, and then just for the most part, it does its job already for me um, because I've been doing almost a hundred of them now. So <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and for people that don't realize it, our intros, the outtakes that are sprinkled about the songs, that's all Aaron and you do an awesome job. It's always exciting to hear 
<laughs> what you've done. <laughs> also, we cringe a little wondering what of our outtakes are going to front load the episode. <laughs> I um, got lots in the burner. Ready to go. <laughs> and uh, another little tip is if you're looking for like a theme song or something, JR's used Fiverr. We've, we've, we've used Fiverr multiple times. Just go to Fiverr.com and it's $5. People will create these things and we've gotten some pretty fun uh, use out of that. So that's another... Um, thought on the and material. even if you're if you're a listener to the storyman and you're really serious about um, doing something, um, I'm totally more than willing to look at a couple episodes for you um, if you're starting out. So feel free. Um, my links are on the show notes, so you can um, email me. I'd love to help you out. Um, I care way more about great sounding audio than anything. So. <laughs> Or just make him listen to a few of your episodes. Right? <laughs> uh, okay, so the last thing we want to talk about is once you have a completed episode ready to send into the world, how do you get it there? So, Rick, uh, where and how do you host your uh, your podcasts? Uh, I have an account at Libsyn.com. And, uh, and is that a good service? I've heard lots of good about it. Yeah, it is uh, very reasonable in terms of cost. I think I'm paying uh, $7 a month for uh, the one show that I'm doing. And um, it uh, gives you, you know, it gives you a really basic blog kind of thing where you can put the information about each episode. Makes it super easy to have an RSS feed of the of the show itself. And um, for that seven dollars a month, uh, it doesn't matter how many people download my show. Like all the bandwidth in the world is is included in that. Mm. Um, what is uh, what would move you into a higher tier is if you had more and more episodes within a given month. So for seven bucks, I have a certain amount of show that I can put up mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in a given month. And then that resets at the end of the month and it starts over again. So for, for um, when I put out a ton of episodes on holiday special during the holidays, like when, when I might be putting out 10 or 15 episodes a month, wow. I do actually don't jump up to the next bucket to $15 for just that month. Okay. You know, and then I drop it back to seven again because, you know, like right now, there's not many holidays going on. I'm not recording many shows. So, And Rick, what th- that's Libsyn. I know we probably are familiar with it, but can you spell that for someone who isn't? Sure. L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. It stands for Liberated Syndication. Oh, man. Of course you got to go the extra mile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so a couple of other options. Uh, if, you're, if you're a blogger, the chances are, pro- are good you probably use WordPress. And there are a couple of great WordPress plugins that make podcasting really easy. Uh, one of them is uh, Blurberry, which we'll put links in the show notes to these. But they do a lot for you, including analytics that are pretty good. The one that I prefer is called Series Engine. And it's, it's actually designed for church websites that are hosted through WordPress to do, like, sermon series. But uh, it's, a, it's got a really comprehensive, like, show notes, and you can put in a custom graphic and all of that. It's, it's pretty user-friendly if you know WordPress. Uh, and it's, it's a company. They have really fast users uh, or customer service through Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Uh, really good people. And um, we use all of that. Now, the, the one drawback with Series Engine is that if you want any kind of analytics, you have to burn your feed through FeedBurner or a comparable thing like that. But uh, that's pretty easy to do at FeedBurner.com. It's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, and it's really easy then to get things uh, up into iTunes, uh, up onto all your different uh, all your different places. So you want to make sure you submit to iTunes, which you know an iTunes store. If you go to the podcast menu, there's a really it, there's a submit a podcast right over in the right over in the menu. Right, you just click. And you have to go through all the steps, and uh, it's very self explanatory. And then I usually also submit one to Stitcher. It's it's an Android. Well, it's, it's cross platform, but it's it's one that Android users can do because it's I it's I found that once I submit it to Stitcher and Stitcher publishes it, then a- all of my Android user mm-hmm. can find it uh, once I've found Regardless it of what app they're using to right. consume it. it right, because that's the thing, right? App, Apple has a built-in podcast app that it, that if you go through the iTunes store, it will be there. And, and probably, I don't know, mm-hmm. I bet I bet 70 or 75% of Apple users still use that terrible, terrible Apple iTunes app. Um <laughs> <laughs> because it's just built in and you can't delete it off your phone. Android users don't have a built-in podcast app, and so you have to make sure that your podcast is findable. And and as Rick was mentioning earlier, you need that RSS feed that's out there that's really easy to uh, for people to do. So that's why I love FeedBurner, because it's feeds.feedburner.com slash whatever. Storymen, Don't Split Up, Bible Bites, like all of mine are just feeds.feedburner.com slash whatever. And so if, if anyone ever can't find it, I can just very from memory send them my feed and they can type it into their app and subscribe. So 
Uh, the, the hosting part, it's going to cost you a little bit. This is probably one of the ongoing expenses. You know, that series engine plugin I mentioned is a one-time $99 thing. If you go through Libsyn, that's, as Rick said, it's a few dollars per month. Um, but this is how you get your podcast out into the world. And so it's worth the investment, uh, to do that. So, uh, again, if any of, if we burned through any of that too quickly, please just reach out to us on Twitter or email. You can find all that storyman.us and we'll help you. Or again, just, you know, there's a lot of great how-to articles on Google. We'll try to put a couple of them in the show notes as well. So, um, that is about all the time we have, uh, I want to wrap up by just maybe all of us going through and talking about uh, the app that we use to listen to podcasts. And and then after that, I want to come back and do maybe like our top one or two podcasts we'd recommend. So, uh, so Rick, when you, when you consume podcasts, what do you use? Uh, I'm currently using, uh, I'm on the iOS platform and I'm currently using Overcast, uh, which is, uh, has some really nice features for, um, audio leveling, actually boosting some, some tech, uh, spoken word stuff, as well as, um, speeding things up in a way that doesn't make you sound like a chipmunk. Mm-hmm. So if you've got slow, slow speech going on, it's a pretty good for that. Uh, another one I've used in the past that I sometimes go back to is downcast. Both of those are, are, are really, uh, my favorite. wife, my wife is on, on iOS, iOS and she uses downcast. Yep. Yep. It's real good. Oh, I am currently, and I have been for some time using for the droid platform, uh, podcast addict. And uh, I used another one before this, and I forget why I switched to Podcast Addict, but it does just a fine job for me. It's I speed everything up, but you know maybe sometimes sounds a little bit fast. But I don't don't post produce anybody else's post production. I'm not that nerdy, Rick. (laughs) (laughs) So Podcast Addict. What about you, Aaron? Um, I'm your typical Apple user who just uses the podcast app. So. Basic. I'm not doing a lot of content listening, and so I just kind of get a couple in my queue when I'm on a plane and just go to town. Nice. Would you say that you're just so fulfilled by a Storyman listening experience that there's no room in your heart for another podcast? Um, that's one way to say <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, so I use an Android app called Pocket Casts, and I've used several different apps, but the reason I like Pocket Casts is it looks great. And it, uh, the most important feature to me is one that you mentioned, Rick, the ability to speed the podcasts up and not lose quality. Uh, I have mm-hmm. found if I can listen to a podcast on 1.25 or 1.5 speed, I can consume a lot more in less mm-hmm. time. And so when I'm driving around or whatever, I can, I can burn through you know, a 45-minute podcast in 30 minutes. That's a great deal for me. I thought you were up to like double speed. No, 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 no. no. Um, I one and a half. There's a couple of podcasts out there that talk pretty slow. You can do. Yeah, that's true. Speed. Yeah, audi- true. audible audiobooks. I've gotten a couple up to like 1.9. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So I and, and actually, when I first moved moved over to an Android OS, it took me a while to find an app that had all of the features that I wanted, mm-hmm. and the the one that was missing most of the time was uh, that speeding hmm. up feature. Like I was surprised how many apps didn't really have that. Interesting. And I pay. You know, I think Pocket Cast is like a three or four dollar app worth every penny of it is a one-time fee and i i love uh we paid for a downcast for amanda and and it just never looked back so uh yeah they're they're really good so so there's a few apps we'll put links to all those apps in the show notes at storyman.us we're gonna talk about a couple of our favorites a couple of our favorites that sounds like uh it is clay a special edition of pop culture pick of the week <laughs> I love how I love how somebody always fills in Michelotis's voice. So, uh, Rick, give us like your two favorite podcasts that you recommend to listeners. Oh, see, that's two different things. Uh, my favorites, I'm not sure I recommend <laughs> them to listeners. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, my my favorite stuff that I like to listen to is around this uh, this hobby of mine with uh, old video games. Um, there's a couple of really good ones. Uh, one is called uh, Retro Gaming Roundup. Although those guys are a little foul mouthed, you know. So that, uh, wouldn't uh, don't play them with your kids. Um, <laughs> but um, then there's there's several of these uh, podcasts that uh, go game by game through a systems library, and I just I really enjoy that kind of thing. Um, outside of that. Um, I'd probably go to uh, you know, either either uh, this week in tech maybe or um, um, 
Security Now, but again, Security Now is pretty nerdy. I'm, I don't know if you want to listen. <laughs> Rick, who do you think listens to Story Men? <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> I may be one of your most nerdly listeners, so I don't know yeah. if I'm a good person to recommend things. <laughs> awesome. I would say, like, I think, I think you're in good company. I don't yep. think you got to worry. Yeah, I mean, well, you guys are more nerdy than me. <laughs> Aaron, what about you? Um, my, my favorite right now, the one that I've, um, I'm always looking forward to is, uh, Freakonomics. Hmm. Um, I just love the way they look at life. Um, they're just kind of looking at things in a different viewpoint. Um, um, similar to that, um, basically anything NPR does, they're like the top 10 podcasts out there, but, um, Snap Judgment's really good. And then to finish off with another a geeky one very specific maybe there's one person out there that would enjoy it but pensado's place um it's just an audio um a bunch of producers and audio guys um, kind of getting together and talking about some some music stuff so i i love that well one. and i feel like you can go ahead and say cereal since you were the first person in the story man verse to really pump, pump cereal <laughs> yeah i well the only reason I didn't want to mention cereal is because season, of season two. two. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron, and I share a mind on this. I enjoy Gosh, season I, two a lot. Season one, I listened to in less than twelve hours. Um, <laughs> I like Clay. I cleaned my entire house just looking for excuses <laughs> to just listen to that. Um, I was gonna go to um, a restaurant with some friends, and I sat in the parking lot for twenty minutes listening <laughs> to the last episode. Um, but season two didn't make it past episode three, so. That's too bad. It's awesome. Season two is great. Uh, Go on, Clay. uh, All right. For me, uh, I will connect to Aaron's uh, comment on NPR. I really enjoy NPR's pop culture happy hour. And one of the things I like about them uh, is that they don't have a time limit format set. Like it could be a 55 minute episode or it could be a six minute like update on something that came out. And I enjoy the quick hitter nature of that. And my second one is Stuff You Missed in History Class. Uh, it's it's from HowStuffWorks.com. Um, I'm not even familiar enough uh, with the host to remember the two ladies' names, but I think they have a couple different people. And they cover so many topics. They do it well. Um, I love history. So for me, Stuff You Missed in History Class is a real fun one. Uh, so the two that I specifically want to highlight are um, The Faculty of Horror, uh, this one is one that is two sociology professors who love horror movies, and they analyze classic horror films and sometimes new releases from a sociological perspective. And they ask, like, what was going on in the culture mm-hmm. at the time this film came out? Why did it resonate? Or, like, they just compared oh, nice. uh, They just compared the Babadook and Goodnight Mommy and talked about, like, the depictions of motherhood in horror. Uh, and it was just, like, brilliant, brilliant episodes. They oh, only do right one a month because there's so much analysis going on in there. <clears throat> uh, and then the other one... I have like 20 of this into, but the other one's called Lore. Uh, it's a guy named Aaron Mankey who is a horror author, and he basically does in 20 minutes like the background behind a particular ghost story or monster or something like that. So a lot of times it's spooky, but it's all grounded and very well researched. I can't believe I forgot to download that after you let me listen to one. It was so good. There you go. It was the one on zombies, right? I think so. Yeah. But I mean, just brilliant. Scripted, yeah. clean. Concise, yeah, really, really good, well produced. Uh, so those are those are two that I really like. Again, we'll put links into those in the show notes. But the, I also wanted to finish by running through a few of the podcasts that uh, are people that are on this that have been on Storyman before. Uh, what they do. So uh, our friend Megan Teets, uh, who I already mentioned, her podcast is called the Sorta Awesome Podcast. Uh, Chad Brooks, who was on for Mad Max Fury Road Review, has a podcast called The Threshing Floor, which is like a Wesleyan theology mm-hmm. podcast he does with a couple of other pastors. And then one that he does called The Productive Pastor, which if you're a church leader, you'd find really, really helpful. Uh, and then, of course, Jonathan Sprang, who's a good mm-hmm. friend of Clay and mine. He's the co-pastor at the church where I work, uh, has the Pop Culture Campfire and I'm trying to remember if I... I well, well, Mikey, we Mikey already mentioned. And Knox World. McCoy uh, has the podcast with Jamie Golden. And Knox was a huge blogger. I mean, he worked for websites. He was a profession, He's a professional writer. He went all in. He, he decided to put all of his energy and content into one podcast. And they've just been growing by leaps and bounds. So uh, he's another friend of ours. Yes. One podcast I've enjoyed from a guest that you've had was Mark Solomon's yes. Never Was mm-hmm. podcast. Um, he's had some good episodes that I've really enjoyed. Uh, so I'm sure we're at risk for leaving someone out. And of course, JR's podcast, you hear us talk about them a good bit. 
Um, Rick, what in addition to uh, the Intellivision, Intellicast? Intellivisionaries. Okay. And in the holiday special, which is called officially what? Holiday special podcast. Are, are you pushing anything else? Uh, I am on two others. Uh, one is another gaming podcast called Intari Visions, where we uh, play games that are across several platforms and compare them. In, and then Intari uh, Visions, okay. Intari Visions. And uh, the other one I'm on is the Greatest American Hero podcast. <laughs> yes, that's so awesome. <laughs> So we're going episode by episode through the greatest American hero this is and amazing. talking about the shows and uh, whether they hold up, that kind of thing. So you're saying it's not too late for me to have a psych podcast uh, two years now after the show has ended? <laughs> I think you can do it much later. Yeah, that's uh, I, I, I would argue maybe someone's beaten you to it. I haven't looked. I mean, <laughs> in, that show was pretty popular. Uh, NPR just made big waves by talking about the West Wing podcast where they're going back through and just rewatching and doing an episode by episode rewatch. Uh, sidebar, did you see Alice and Janney come yeah. out to the podium for the White House press corps the other day? That was hilarious, reprising her role. Uh, Rick, in, in 10 seconds, are we getting a Greatest American Hero movie or not? I really hope so, but I also kind of scared of that. Like, I hope they don't ruin it. They, they, they keep mentioning it. Um, yeah. Rick, where online? Um, are you a Twitter guy mostly? Do you do other things? Is it email? Like, What, what is it that you like to connect with people through? Uh, probably mostly on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Rick Reynolds underbar SE. Okay. The SE, the SE is for software engineer because somebody already had Rick Reynolds. <laughs> I <laughs> never knew that. I thought it was special edition. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I also have a website at uh, rickandviv.net. Okay. Excellent. Well, Rick, thank you. It's, it's an honor to have you on the show on this side of the microphone. We always enjoy your engagement on Twitter and email and all of that, but it's been really fun to get to have you on this side as well. Yeah, and he was pretty kind to me. I mean... Sometimes Rick probably cringes when I talk about my high school days, but really, <laughs> the the man actually got me to learn some chemistry terms. So there is there's a silver lining to every dark. There cloud, is some right power today. there. <laughs> uh, but it has been really fun to be on. And of course, we have to say thank you to Aaron for joining us on Always. the microphone as well. No problem, anytime. Aaron, are you feeling the pressure now that you have to pick an intro song for a show that you were on? Um, I think I think I'll have something good up my sleeve. Oh, yeah, Is it video will. killed the radio star? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we would certainly love to hear what podcasts you listen to and love. Are you thinking about starting a podcast? What topic would you be willing to invest that much time talking about? Um, and as Aaron said, you know, we're not afraid of questions. If we can answer them, happy to do so. And by we, I mean pretty much everybody on this podcast <laughs> but me. Um, but you can let us know all of those things at storymen.us or Facebook dot com slash the storyman and if you want clay on your podcast to talk about any of the things he's doing it's at clay morgan pa which stands for a personal i would love to do that um that's right (laughs) (laughs) patriarchal anarchy it's it's a great it's a great uh hobby to try to figure out what that pa might just stand for yeah uh pachyderm annals what <laughs> annals annals yeah uh, i'm like, one typo away from some dark <laughs> elephant parts well uh again thanks for listening everyone thank you especially to our guest rick reynolds and for aaron Cressman for coming out from behind the uh the soundboard the it's a it's a keyboard but we're behind keyboards right now so pay that no attention weird, to so. the man behind the screen yeah that's right uh so thanks again guys uh please let them know you enjoyed them on twitter or on facebook.com slash thanks again thanks for listening and we'll be back next week with another great guest until then, uh, hang out, have a good time. I don't really know how to end this episode. This is a song about the three story men. Life is a story we're all living in. So now that you know the story. there's a man rather sometimes there's some men and I'm talking about the story men here and I know what you're thinking those are some tall fellers I don't know if that's three stories separately or three combined
but we're missing the point. Sometimes there's some men. And you want to know what these hombres are about? Well, I won't say they're heroes. They're just the men who are right for their time and place. These men, uh... Shoot, we lost my place. Well, I've probably introduced them enough. So just relax for a spell and bend your ear their way. I only hope someone didn't think I did that. <laughs> because it was a perfect impression.